Hello, all you hustling boss babes. You're listening to episode number five of the Not Wonder Woman podcast, The Stress Test. April is Stress Awareness Month, and we are talking with our medical professional, Emily Gaffney, about how we can identify stress and reduce it in our lives. Welcome to the Not Wonder Woman podcast. No capes, no superpowers, just hustle. Not Wonder Woman removes the myth of the ladies who, quote, have it all and gives practical insight to help you, the working woman, conquer the world like the boss babes we know you are. Welcome back to episode number five of the Not Wonder Woman podcast. Today, we're super excited to welcome Emily Gaffney here. She is one of my best friends from college, and more importantly, she's here to help us talk about stress and stress awareness as this is Stress Awareness Month. So welcome, Emily. Thank you. Hi. Thanks for coming. Why don't you uh, tell all our audience just a little bit about your background and in particular, Uh, what you do every day for a living that makes you acutely aware of all the stresses that are out there for us. (laughs) Now I'm family nurse practitioner. Before that, I was a nurse for 10 years, and eight of those years I was an ER nurse. So um, yeah, maybe a little bit of stress in that job. (laughs) And you add to that stress because you have a family too. You got Uh, kiddos at the house. I have two little kids, seven and nine, um, that are very busy, very active, fun. All the time. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All the time. Going all the time. Like all of us. And so, you know, as you know, most of our listeners are working women. And so I think working women seem to have a particular knack for finding stress (laughs) more than most. So what for you, what has been things that you have seen the result of stress? I guess sometimes I'm not aware of the things that manifest themselves when I'm stressed out. And so how do you you identify people that may be stressed out or when when you're stressed out yourself? Yeah, I think, I mean, sometimes those come out as anger, right? Especially if we have kids, we get like short fuse, mad really easily um um even like just sad more easily just like high emotions I think come out and I think that comes out in everybody right you notice I see that in families in the ER like they're in a stressful situation somebody's really sick they you know are quick to get angry quick to get upset and so those I think um but then fatigue right you know stomach pain headaches all of those things can can be caused by stress. I have a very good knack for breaking out and overeating. Those are pretty much yeah. what I do whenever I'm stressed. <laughs> yep, um, so I'm sure that's probably and, not what you're going to tell me is the way to deal with things, overeating and <laughs> undereating. I hear that from some people, but yeah, not, not a my, problem for me. Not, not my challenge. For me. No. Um, so when you see somebody that is in a stressful situation, in the ER, what is your typical response? Do you, are you, I know, I know you from 20 years and you're always calm in my mind, but like if you're in a work environment and you're seeing somebody in a stressful situation, what's the best way you found to diffuse that person? Yeah, I think I don't, I mean, and I'm not an expert for sure, but I think my reaction is to bring myself down. So like, Maybe I'm a little bit stressed because of the stressful situation also that they're in. But my initial reaction is to like, okay, I'm super calm, low-key, zen. <laughs> zen kind of person. And I, I don't 
know if that works. I just heard a great thing at a conference, though, about that you have to, if you're talking to somebody who's, who's at a high level, you have to meet them where they are and then bring them down. Oh, that's So if they're kind of yelling at you, you don't yell back at them, but speak to them in their same level and then bring it down. So to try to bring their... I think they're level down. You know, that just raises one of the reasons. So Emily doesn't live here in Houston with me. She lives in Arizona, but she's here in Houston right now to deal, uh, to learn how to deal with exactly these kind of situations. So just a little bit about the conference that you've been at. I think that's important for people to understand kind of where you're getting that information. So tell us a little bit about that conference. Yeah. So I was just at a conference about trauma, trauma informed care. So taking care of people, patients, um, especially who have been through some type of trauma and, you know, kind of where they're coming from, some of those things, how those things manifest in their reactions, in their life, um, and then how to better take care of them. Nice. Perfect. Well, we are super glad you have that knowledge to tell the rest of us (laughs) that still are dealing with how to deal with stress. So I thought a little bit about the ways I personally deal with stress, and I thought, that I'd share those, and then I'd love to hear what a real nurse and somebody who probably thinks a lot more about this than me (laughs) deals with things. And I know Karen has some ways that she deals with it too. And, you know, for me, I I certainly will try to work out. That's probably, I think, for me, the the healthier response than the overeating um, (laughs) when I'm stressed out. So that one is is a good one. And even if it's not a hard workout, just a walk or something like that, or yoga, those things to me have been really effective in addressing my stress and turning off my brain. And then the other thing sometimes I'll do is just read something kind of mindless, like read a magazine or not something heavy or heady, I guess, is my other response that I typically have to trying to de-stress and trying to just lower my anxiety level, if that's maybe what is causing my stress. So what about you? What are your best tips to so deal with stress? So definitely exercise. And I, everybody who knows me well knows that if I don't get my workout in, then I'm not an okay person that, that day or that week. So exercise, I think, is huge because that, it you know, brings the endorphins up and then down in like your natural way. Sleep, I think, is really huge. If you're not getting enough sleep, that's just going to exacerbate anything that's going on. And then whatever, you know, whatever works for you, like you said, it has to be super individualized. Some people hate to read. Some people just want to sit in front of the TV. If that's your de-stress, cooking is one of my de-stressors. Um, that is so stressful to me. <laughs> and I know that does not work for you. Um, so be, just being in the kitchen helps me. Um, so yeah, whatever is your, you know, whatever is your thing. The other thing, and this is being talked about a lot right now too, and especially with kids at high stress levels, but works well for adults is mindfulness and breathing. So even if you can do that for like, one minute, 30 seconds, just close your eyes or take yourself away from the situation and do some, you know, belly breathing, deep breathing. Well, tell, tell us what that out. is, because that, I, you know, I've heard that, but I would candidly tell you, I probably will do it wrong if I so, don't. So tell us what that means. <laughs> so I'm just putting your hands on your belly and taking a big enough breath where you can feel your belly go out and then almost pushing it pushing your breath back out through your belly. So not just like a, you know, but like a big enough breath to expand your lungs and expand your belly. And that actually chemically has also been shown scientifically to, you know, bring your 
stress level down. And are we talking 20 minutes of this kind of breath or two minutes? Yeah, either, the, whatever, like, okay. whatever you need. Okay. Two, two minutes works just as good it as starts 20 minutes. At yeah. least the process. And some, yeah, and sometimes that's all you need to kind of reset, depending okay. on, you know, if you're in an immediate stressful situation or if you just need to sit for a second. I feel like that's really helpful all because we can do that at our desk without, like, touching our toes and doing yoga at the desk, that's not reasonable, but everybody can find an opportunity to sit on the toilet and deep breath. (laughs) You get an opportunity to get away from everybody (laughs) for just a little bit. (laughs) So, okay. So we have no excuses not to de-stress at the office now that we know that deep breathing is, is one of those. I I know Karen is so much better at this than me, but she has been practicing meditation for all of Lent and that for her, um, she said has really helped uh, recenter her. And I have have been remiss on not getting to yoga. And to me, that's kind of my opportunity for meditation, yep. uh, especially at the end of those kind of classes where they really let you find yep. yourself and find a little bit of peace and centering. And, you know, the other thing, I don't know about you, but I feel like there's always noise in, at least in the cities or even in houses. And so I, that's the one thing I appreciate is just quietness and yeah. no devices and no no outside stimulus sometimes that we just always have on my husband likes to listen to music when he works sometimes and for me that's a that adds stress like I can't yeah. think as well when I when I do that is there music or things also that people could think about that is is something has been shown to potentially help with de-stressing people or yeah again uh, I think it's really individualized that the one thing though when you said about getting away from stuff and getting out I live in a very small town and nature is close to me in the city I know it is you know noise all the time and traffic all the time but nature is one of those things that kind of some sometimes we're at a deficiency of right a oh. nature deficiency like you need to be outside and you need to be and it could be in the city in the tree just somewhere yeah. where there's grass and a park and you know sunshine and being outside but that's definitely something that your body needs wants and needs wants yeah. and needs yeah you know i just when you say that there is um I think about the times when I was a kid and I'd be sent away to summer camp and you'd come back kind of a different person. If you, especially if you lived in a city and then you're out without contact with anything electronic, you're looking at the stars every night, you are sleeping outside or in some sort of wilderness environment, but always hiking, you certainly come back a different kid. And I don't think we allow ourselves as adults often to do that. And you know, many of us, I'm sure, send our kids off to summer camp and you know they're they're better for it but we don't do yep. the same for us. Um, there's a project in in Houston called the Woods Project which is exactly that and the idea behind it is it's a great charity in Houston so I have to give it a little bit of a plug but it takes inner city kids and it takes them out into the wilderness for weeks at a time yeah. in ways that they've just never seen. There's people that have never seen the Milky Way, right? you know, or what that yeah. looks like and there's a, a there's a story that our pastor recently told about the city of Los Angeles, after one of the earthquakes, there was all the lights were out in the city and several 911 calls came in and people were saying, we see this milky substance in the air, milky substance in the air. And after the 911 calls got so many, it was, of course, the stars. Yeah. And nobody in L.A. <laughs> was used yeah, to see. Yeah, was used to seeing that. And that probably just tells us exactly how deficient we are, yeah. especially if we're listening from big cities. And I know a lot of our listeners are in the U.K. And of course, London is huge. Houston is huge, you know, and a lot of us live in these big cities. So we're a little jealous of sometimes your proximity yeah. to, to the Milky Way <laughs> and, uh, and other 
other things like that that we just don't often get exposed to. (laughs) So that's that's a great reminder, this whole Milky Way thing. All right, so I'm checking out a few of my other questions that I have for you. So you have kids. Yes. And can you tell, and I know a lot of our listeners do, and Kieran certainly does too, can you tell when your kids are stressed? Yeah, I think they I think kids are are better <laughs> at just kind of acting those that stress out in behaviors. I don't know about better, but as adults we you know, we have to maintain our composure and we have to maintain our calm and and your kid will just throw themselves on the ground and mm. kick and scream and <laughs> and sometimes as an adult I think that would be great, right? I could, if I could do that, I'd be done. I mean, my stress is over. It's like, yeah, have a tantrum and be done with it. But so I think kids definitely and definitely have been learning more about this with this trauma stuff is that often comes out as behaviors, you oh. know, acting out behaviors or emotion, you know, high emotions, high and low emotions. Or, um, so I think they, I think they just don't often have the words or the vocabulary to tell us to say that I'm, I'm stressed out. Right. Also in kids, it often comes out as, as medical symptoms. I have oh, a stomach ache. I have wow. a headache. Um, you know, cause they're internalizing a stress. Yeah. And, and because your body does too, you yeah. know, all those chemicals in your body are reacting to that, but they, those are the words they have to tell you that something's wrong. My mm. head hurts, my mm. stomach hurts, you know, and you, and it's sometimes hard to tease that out of them. What are some of the ways that you've learned, or at least maybe even in this conference that you've been at about teasing that out of kids? How can, how can you get that information to help them too? Yeah, I think, that's a good question. It, it is hard with kids sometimes. And sometimes just asking them, you know, simple questions about their day. Like, right. so what happened? You know, my stomach hurt when I was in math. Well, what what else happened in math? Or, you know, we don't always kind of go that deep with our kids. And, like, here's the Pepto, like, you yeah, know, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it. some time. Here's some time. Yeah. I'll drive. I'm, I'm the worst one about drink some water. Yeah. Whatever problem my kids have, I tell them to drink water. I think that. It can't hurt them. Right, exactly. Go drink some more water. But, you know, it's Um, funny you say that, but we probably do the same things to ourselves. Like, we just take four Advil and call it a day. Like, when my head hurts or my stomach hurts, I take something, and I probably don't even ask myself the questions I should be asking about what may have caused that stress or why am I letting that kind of get a grip on me and just treating the result. Yeah. And eventually it goes away. But but that's a that's a deeper question. I probably need to do some self-reflection on I would say of just like when my head hurts, what am I doing to ask myself, um, how did I get there? Yeah. It probably was water. I will say that. a lot of times it is water. That's why I've heard go there first. But kids kids are really super responsive to the breathing stuff too and the oh, mindfulness stuff. Oh yeah. And there's some great in our world of technology yeah. for kids and adults, there's some great apps right now for like kid meditation and adult meditation. There's a great YouTube video um, with Elmo and Colby Calais that talks about the belly breathing that, you know, they can just do it and learn. And it's really effective for kids, I think, to have them, to just bring them down and not, you know, like take them out of the whatever is going on and have them breathe. You mentioned an app that you thought was a really good one for kids and also maybe they're adults. (laughs) Yeah, mindyeti.com, um, nice. and it is mindfulness for kids and their adults. Good. So lots of good de-stressing <laughs> We can always there. deal with that, for sure. <laughs> you know, so I was mentioning to you that I am sometimes 
and I confessed this last week to um, all the friends that listen, that I'm always like right as skidding in right as the meeting starts. And I realize that's me, but that adds stress to my day that I'm like, I'm like driving there on a mission, like fast. And that's so terrible. <laughs> you know, I'm the person I think people honk at sometimes and um, don't know. So, you know, that I think, what, what do you think to, to folks like that? Like, how can I do better at that? I guess? Yeah, okay. I, I had another really good talk um, at a conference recently that talked about just, you know, you only have a set amount of time during the day. Like, you know, you have X amount of 24 hours basically, but you know, a lot of that time is sleeping. Um, and just making sure you're allocating that time accordingly, um, that, that you can't do everything. You can't, you have a million things to do today. You get like two done, right? Maybe one and a half. (laughs) If that's in your head, like, oh, I'm so stressed out because I have these million things to do, like setting aside blocks of time to do, okay, I'm only going to do this for this amount of time. Then I'm moving on, you know, to the next thing because that's that's what I have to do. Have you found like (laughs) multitasking? Uh, Is multitasking a good or a bad thing? Like, how has that impacted stress levels that you've seen? Yeah, so humans can't really multitask. We think we're really good at it. We're not really good at it. It's actually called, and I don't know if this is the scientific term or just like a new buzzword, rapid switching. Like, you're not multitasking. You're switching from one task very quickly to another task. Like, your brain, brain, human brains just can't do that. Computers are really good at it. Right. But we're not. So if you think you're doing, you know, seven different things, you're actually doing seven different things one at a time. Yeah. And, switching and probably and inefficiently. Inefficiently. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, that's another really good thing about like, okay, I'm going to spend five minutes like totally focused on this one thing and probably you're going to get more done. Right. Um, and I'm not good. At, I mean, I'm checking my email and charting on patients and, you know, doing like trying to do 10 different things. And I'm sure that is not very efficient. I I will Um, say, you know, for me, at least at the office, I'm able, there's times when I'm able to shut my door and, and I'm I'm grateful for that. And I will sometimes even be as bold as to put a sign on the door, like, do not knock, like, don't come in, don't, uh, if we're under a whole bunch of stress on that, but I know that's not always true. And I will say some people, we work in cubicles and they'll put on their headphones. And I get it. And email is the worst to me. It's sometimes just turning it off because it never stops. Just close that out and and don't let that be an added stress on top of the things that you've kind of got going on. Uh, But I'm terrible at that because you always have your phone and you always have your email up if you're sitting at a computer most of the time. And that's where I spend most of my day. You know, one of the things I've added to my day, you and I were talking about how if you would be on a shift at work, you will walk 10,000 steps in a day. I sit behind a desk and that is terrible. I think like all day, every day and probably don't drink enough water, but do drink plenty of coffee. <laughs> That's I'm good at this, <laughs> yeah. which probably adds to the stress, but I not recently for a few years I've had but, but not probably the most recent past, I've had a stand-up desk and have you seen anything like that? Has that is that helpful to people? Have you heard about that? I mean, kind of what to not maybe not even reduce stress, but maybe increase productivity too. I don't know. But what have you found about stuff yeah, like that or I'm, moving around? Right. I guess whenever moving you're around, working. I think is huge. Yeah, okay. just getting up and you know, even if you just get up and do a walk around your desk or right. stretch or breathe, you know, and then go back to what you're doing. I think that helps just kind of recenter yourself, but also your body needs that. Your body needs to move. Um, you know, we're, we weren't really built initially to sit behind a desk. And so I think that's a hard, I think it's a hard 
transition. Um, and I, I've been sitting at this conference for the past four days and going crazy because I'm not used to sitting that much. So. I am. I will tell you, my bo- my current boss actually is really good, I feel like, about getting up and going. He's, he's a moving t- kind of guy, and he will do a lap around the office, and I see it kind of happen a lot. And I said to folks, you know, in some past jobs, I've done walking meetings where we've just right. gone out, and we've taken a walk to do the meeting we were going to do in a conference room because, yeah. one, I get air and r- not blue light, and <laughs> yeah. you know, those kind of things, and just get off of a an iPad or whatever for a little bit, but then um, also just kind of recenter. And to me, that's been a that's been a very helpful practice just to break up my day, really more than anything. Yeah. This is maybe the touchiest subject if I ask you this, and, and I'll I'll confess it to me too. Can you tell um, when your significant other is stressed out? <laughs> I think and. Yeah, that is a t- I'm definitely a touchy subject. Yeah, They're probably all of everybody us yeah, who, has right. a, who have significant <laughs> others. Um, but yes, and I think the longer you're with that person, you know, same with yeah. friends. Like yeah. you can read them a little better on, like, oh, why is he being such a jerk? Well, right, because there's this stress and you know whatever that. But um, yeah, I think it's really good to know that about your partner. Um, and know what they need for right. it too. My husband needs to have a solo backpacking trip. Oh, and yeah. He, and then my sister's husband does that too. Yeah, and he then just needs he's a time refreshed. Out. Yeah, and yeah. he just did one recently and said, "I really need to do that more often." You know, like okay, yeah. That's, you know, you you find what you need. I would be more stressed out on a solo. I would backpacking be mortified trip. that I was going to get eaten by a bear, but right. that's fine. But you know, it's, that's his thing, and that's yeah. what he needs. So I think. I think communicating that with your significant other too, yeah. because sometimes, sometimes I think we don't like feel like we don't have time for that, or they can't make time for that, or that's going to or they'll be offended maybe if you don't want to be with yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think that's a huge thing, just being able to say that this is what I need for myself, right? You know, and then. And I, part of that comes with age, too. Yeah. I think, you know, we get better about identifying it and saying it because you know yourself a little better. I, my husband is always – he needs a massage every once in a while, yeah. and so that's his, and he'll go – half the time we do it together, but there's just t- sometimes when that happens or he'll need – he'll just need quiet because I talk a lot. <laughs> And he'll need to be able to just concentrate on whatever it is and kind of by himself. And even though we don't have kids, we'll like separate rooms sometimes and I'll come work in another room or he'll do the same, you know, other thing that that is just our, even just for an hour to get a little bit of, of time. I will, you know, for us also, I will say one of the de-stressors, at least we do as a couple is, is for us go to church. I mean, that for us is one way to kind of recenter and that's something we found, um, and walking, you know, just doing something together where you're in a situation where there's no distractions between the two of you. And maybe that goes more to the parsing out of the issues that maybe, you know, you have a headache, honey. And why is that? Well, if you're on an hour walk together without other things going on, you know, you may be able to see what, how those are being manifested. And so for me, that's our kind of personal ways of de-stressing, but I love the idea of just giving them their space. I think that's what, in whatever way that kind of happens. And this idea that we live together all the time, (laughs) especially, you know, somebody like me who didn't get married until much later in life, 
I have so many of my own weird tics and things like that that I'm sure add stress to his life. He does laundry every day. I think I told you this, and I don't do laundry ever, and I'm sure that stresses him (laughs) out. Like, I do laundry once a month, and he does it every day. And I just, one, I'm, like, blessed to know that I have a husband that does laundry every day, but two, two, you know, it's I'm sure it's stress to him when he sees my stuff piled up in a way. And and so how am I responsive to that, I think, to help minimize that in your family and and, uh, in the lives of your significant others? So uh, anything else on stress that you just wanted to mention to our, our listeners that is just worked for you really well? I mean, I think I just have to say nutrition because that's huge for everything. And yeah. we could do a whole podcast. We could do a whole oh, series of podcasts on good. Go. next one. Ladies nutrition. and gents, that's the um, next one. But nutrition is huge. You know, if you're putting crap in your body all the time, mm. it's just going to affect your the way you feel and the way your body feels and that only adds to your stress level. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. At, you're right. It, it, especially if I decide to do kind of cleaner eating, you do feel so much more energized. Yeah. You feel more alert. You feel all those things. Now, that still doesn't mean I'm on time for my meetings, which is, <laughs> is something I need to work on yeah. still. It's time for the Fast Five. No planning, five questions, real answers. Our fast I was five. Asking, I was excited about the Fast Five. Fast Five. Okay, it is time for our Fast Five for Emily. And so, Emily, the way that this works is I just ask you a question, kind of first answer that comes to your okay, yeah, to your mind, and hopefully it's kind of honest, and, and we'll know. I think the listeners will know if you. <laughs> All right. So, sweet or salty? Sweet. Salty Swedish. Salty <laughs> I've known sweet. her a long yeah, time. Kind of both. Kind of both. That's a hard one. <laughs> if you could have like uh, salted chocolate, like yes, that would be perfect. perfect. Salted chocolate is salted caramel. Perfect. Those okay. Those are so awesome. Okay. Here's my other one. If you were going to go watch a movie, are you watching? A sappy cry movie? Are you watching a comedy? Are you watching an action movie? Oh, that's not a fair question because right now I just watch kids' movies. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but did you like 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 the Princess Love movies, the action movies? Uh, Probably action usually is just more fun. Okay, best kids' movie then. You have to just tell everybody that you've seen recently. So best kids' Moana is my absolute favorite. Is it? Okay, I love Moana. But this is not a kids' movie. But Black Panther was also amazing. Okay. All right. Amazing for girls and strong women. women strong right. women in that movie. It was awesome. If you could be anything other than a nurse in the whole wide world, what was the thing you wanted to be? Um, I wanted to be a nutrition, a dietitian. A oh, well, that's the that's same. I, I think. I, so you did good. No. Yeah. I, yep. So that's... Kieran and I both wanted to be lawyers from the time we like we were seven and eight. So we, <laughs> our answers to those questions are, are also the same, which is just, we're kind of doing the thing we wanted to yeah. do and thought it was that. that. Um, okay, so last question for you. Hardest thing about being an adult every day? Oh, wow, that's a really hard one. I know. <laughs> Hardest thing about being an adult. The only reason I ask her that is because <laughs> we've known each other for a really long time. And so... Um, I, I will say for me, it has been just time management and these, these kind of stressors that, that is my biggest thing. Cause when we were in college, 
even though we had class schedules, it just seemed like we yeah. had so much more time together and, um, you know, that kind of thing, just being able to not plan things. I had so much non-planned time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's a, the hardest about being a parent is uh, being responsible for it. And I think kind of adult, like that yeah. is my adult life as a parent, like right. being responsible for other people, you know, like you have to get up and make sure they have breakfast. And make sure the rent is paid. <laughs> make and sure, make, yeah, yeah, yeah. make sure, you know, <laughs> yeah. that they're functioning human beings also. And so that's just like, that's the hardest part. Okay. Parent, as a parent, adult, but yeah, what you're saying about it yeah. is hard. No, perfect. Well, then you survived the fast five. So kudos to you. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> and you're our first guest to listen to, to get the Fast Five. So thank you for oh, that. Okay. Yeah. Right now, they've just been finding out about me and Kieran. So we're excited to get to know more people. Um, but you guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope that some of these tips are really helpful to you as you think about ways to de-stress. It is Stress Awareness Month right now. So this is the month of April that you really want to be thinking about ways you can de-stress. And more importantly, we'd love to hear from you guys about the ways you de-stress personally, because that can be a help to all the other listeners out there. So thanks as always for listening, and we hope you have a great week. This episode is generously sponsored by Blonde Biscotti Coffee and Biscotti Bar in the heart of Houston, Texas. They are proud to serve third wave coffee and soft baked biscotti, blondebiscotti.com. Thank you again for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to click the subscribe button on iTunes so you never miss a show. And we want to hear from you, so please feel free to send us your questions and comments to notwonderwomanpodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us at our website, notwonderwoman.com.